You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet one or more dollar on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now by heading to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and checking out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable and located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And for those in non-betting states, DraftKings is home to daily fantasy sports with weekly cash prizes and numerous ways to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 67. And I'm just going to get right into it, Andy. Uh, not messing around here. I have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm drinking iced coffee. I'm sitting in the AC and trying to avoid going outside. Today, I feel it's getting a little bit warmer and a little bit more humid uh, after it's been a pretty cool week, so not taking my chances today. You know, just walked the dog this morning and probably go out. For another walk after I'm done with this podcast, but for the most part, don't feel like sweating today. I've been, you know, even with it being a cooler week, I was out and about, so I was sweating, sweating already. So, I'm trying to keep not not be sweaty today. That's my my main goal, and so far I'm succeeding. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can remain not be because it doesn't take a lot for me to sweat anyway. Yeah, no, I feel I I literally went outside to go grab like an Amazon package, and I already started sweating. So I, I definitely feel your pain. Uh, it's definitely a lot more humid than it has been this whole whole entire week. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's not sweat today. Uh, I think today is also one of those podcasts, Andy, where you know it's just kind of where we can just sit back and relax and just kind of talk a little bit of hockey, a little bit of shop, and 
Um, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about, and we might as well just get right into it. Uh, the first thing I think for me that was glaring this entire week is the announcement that the Edmonton Oilers uh, you know, signed a $74 million contract extension for uh, Nurse, their defenseman. Now, this is relevant to us Ranger fans because the amount of money that he got is going to have to be comparable and a comp to you know what Adam Fox is going to be looking for. And that makes me really nervous that a lot of these teams are throwing a lot of money at their defensemen. And you know, I just kind of want to get your thoughts and and hopefully you say the right things to kind of walk me back from the ledge here because I'm getting really nervous that we're going to have like two defensemen making close to $20 million. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot of defensemen getting overpaid uh, <laughs> this offseason. I mean, you know, when the McCarr contract got finalized a couple weeks back, I mean, $9 million for Kel McCarr, uh, considering some of the other contracts in the league, he's one of the best defensemen in the league, so he should get paid as such. Uh, I mean, ahead. Um, the only players that are ahead of him at this point in time. Well, what Nurse was what nine point four, yeah, or something like that. So Nurse is now ahead of him, which I don't understand. Uh, again, I I think he definitely had Edmonton in a bit of a bind. I mean, but yeah, he's the their best defenseman. But just because you're a team's best defenseman doesn't mean you are one of the best defensemen in the league. And here. So currently, here are the the players that would make more than Dougie Hamilton today, or excuse me, more than um, uh, Darnell Nurse today. Uh, Drew Doughty because he makes eleven million dollars, and uh, Eric Carlson because he makes eleven five. So only two players because even Roman Yossi, who's an excellent defenseman, makes actually no. Uh, Yossi makes the same, or no, Yossi only makes uh, nine million uh, and fifty nine thousand. So yeah, so he's right around there too. But I mean. And I mean, is Nurse better now than Eric Carlson has clearly taken some steps back, whereas Drew Doughty has also clearly taken some steps back. But he's also he had a little bit of a bounce back the last two seasons in terms of just at least being good offensively, but still not nothing what he once was. Uh, Subban, you know, is also cooked for nine million. So outside of Yossi and that those top like that's kind of a, it should be a cautionary tale, right, of paying guys that were aren't really that good i mean kale mccarr is young he's dynamic he's on a good team that's going to be a good contract now listen so is nurse but i i mean it's a scary contract man i don't darnell nurse is not uh kale mccarr he's not dougie hamilton he's had he has you know he hasn't even reached the heights that some of these other players have so i get that he's important to that team because they don't have a lot of help outside of him or quality defensemen but that's way too much. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, Ken Holland's kind of turning Edmonton into what uh, Detroit was towards the end there with just bad contracts for players that, you know, shouldn't be getting them. Uh, as far as it relates to the Rangers, obviously the elephant in the room is Adam Fox and how much he's going to command. Yes, he won the Norris, but I mean, is Adam Fox worth $9 million? Yes. If, if that's the going rate for a premier defenseman considering his age, uh, yeah, but should he get more than that? I mean, I hope not. I don't think he, yes, he's got, like I said, he's got a Norris under his belt, but there was a lot of people claiming that, oh, if Kale McCarr had stayed healthy, he would, uh, 
win the Norris, you know, and I, I, you know, a lot depends. Is he a guy that gives them a hometown discount or is he smart enough to say, if I take more than this number, am I handcuffing this team? And that's the thing. You, you look at what, uh, you know, so the contracts that um, they gave, like, uh, well, how they just gave a contract to Wierenski, right? And that was for a, a hell of a lot of money in, in Columbus. I mean, they're rebuilding. Uh, but I'm pulling it up. Now. Yeah, I it think they pretty much paid it. Paid a lot him. of money. Columbus basically paid Wierenski just, listen, man, like, to you're not going to win anytime soon. Just be a part of this process, please. So, yeah, 9.58. So, yeah, he's around there. And he's, look, again, Wierenski's good, but he's also been kind of up and down. And now he's not going to have, that's the problem is that even if you make this much money, it's like if you don't have anyone around you to kind of help carry the load, you look worse. You know what I mean? Even if you are a good defenseman, you can't do everything. And that was kind of the Ekman Larson thing for so many years. It's sad. He didn't have much help. And I don't think he was ever as, you know, he, I think he had one or two pretty, really, really sneaky good seasons, but he just didn't get the love. And then by the time people started catching on, he, his game had already kind of uh, subsided. So we'll see if he has a little bit of a, a late renaissance and with the Canucks, but I, I can't see it because they might have the worst defensive core in the league right now. And yeah, I mean, as far as Adam Fox goes, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really do hope that they can work something out where he can be smart enough to say, like, I obviously deserve to get paid, but at the same point, um, do I handcuff my team? I mean, listen, if he makes the same exact as Kale McCarr, I can't really be mad at it. Though right. I see those two as like the, they're pretty much the two premier up and coming defensemen in this league right now. We'll see if Adam Fox takes a step back. I mean, and it might happen, but I don't, if it does, I don't think it'll be a slight. Cause like you said, even Panarin took a slight step back this year with a lot of stuff going on, but he still is on an insane pace, right? So yeah, you just want him to be in the, in the neighborhood. And, yeah, it's scary because it's like at on the one hand, it's I I do feel like for forwards, after the the Matthews and the Marner contract have kind of scared. It, it at first had a precedent that young players should be paid more earlier, but it's also scared some teams that you know by seeing the fact that Toronto has struggled to to fit in some complementary pieces because their core is making so much money, especially with Tavares locked up there too. So, um. Yeah, but in the meanwhile, it's like we had a lot of defensemen get really overpaid this offseason, and even marginal ones, not even the, the big-ticket guys. But, um, yeah, it's scary. I don't know what, what that was with that trend. I just think this being a monkey-see-monkey-do league and seeing uh, Tampa win the Cup with just some some big defensemen on the back end that can play and skate that everyone says. They, they look at their defensemen, they're like, is he big? Yeah. He's like... Uh, can he skate? Uh, I guess, you know, can he kind of defend? He's like, yeah, all right, then I have a quality defenseman. I got to lock this guy up. When, you know, there's so many good value defensemen out there who just kind of get like middling contracts, which is very weird. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a strange trend. It's it's very hard to evaluate how NHL teams and executives see what they value in defensemen right now. And, you know, for we for everything we heard about the value of a Sam Girard, all it takes is him having like a one Hard, you know, maybe having a, a rough playoff and then everyone being like, we'll see smaller defensemen can't play in the postseason when it that just doesn't mean, you know, that there's players like Tory Krug that were excellent or, you know, in the playoffs and stuff. It's just it's situational, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. And it's a, one of those things, too, where it's like people get frustrated when, you know, teams pay for players all, all based off of what they've done in the past. And now I feel like everyone's, you know, throwing a hissy fit 
because teams are gambling and, you know, paying guys for potentially what they could do. So it's like, you know, you, you can't have it both ways. Eventually a guy's going to be overpaid for something, either what you expect him to do or what he's done in the past. And, you know, overall, you kind of get the same result because, you know, if they don't live up to the contract, they don't live up to it in either situation. And I'd rather have a younger defenseman that you're easier to move overpaid than an older defenseman of which you paid, you know, a longer contract into his 30s and now can't perform. He's, you know, you can't really trade him. It's not like you can um, sell the fact that, oh, he just needs a new, you know, a, a new environment, a new team. And, you know, he'll, you know, he'll you know, resurface as one of the most premier defensemen in the league. It's just like, listen, I don't mind overpaying for Fox. Uh, you know, Fox won the Norris. What he's contributed to the Rangers so far and the success last year that he had, I mean, he's not just one of our best defensemen. He is our best defenseman, and he's one of our best players. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that, you know, without him in the lineup, we're going to win many games. And, you know, I don't mind paying for him. Nine million is about as high as I'd go because the ten, you know, the ten, the nine fives, it's just like now you're getting into, you know, a range where it's a little uncomfortable for me. And you're a defenseman and I know you play a ton of minutes and it's probably worth throwing money, you know, at you know, at that player. But man, oh man, it's it's just it's just scary. And um, you know, he's not like he's built like Victor Hedman where, you know, he's big and heavy and, and might not get hurt. I just Man, I just feel like, you know, you don't know what what Fox, you know, his health will be in three years. I, I you know what I mean. I feel like there's just so yeah. many question marks to give him any more than nine million. Yeah, um, exactly. So I'm kind of happy with McCarr, but some of these contracts the teams are throwing out there well, are kind of crazy. Yeah, and and we're fr- also meanwhile, uh, Lou Lamorello got. Excuse me, I almost knocked my mic off my desk. Lou Lamorello got Adam Pellick locked up at at five point seven five. One of the best pure defensive defensemen in the league for and he got him term right was this like six or seven years so yeah that's an excellent signing and i mean it comes down to the fact that pellick doesn't put up is not a big point producer which obviously listen points are important but at the same time being if you were one of the best if potentially uh, currently last season the best pure shutdown guy in the league that's definitely worth it i mean i mean in fairness though those guys can take steps back and i mean but, you know, you have people like uh, Slavin and uh, or Slavin, I, I don't even know how to pronounce that, in uh, Carolina, who's of that similar, you know, sim- have, on a similar contract for Carolina. And he's just been solid for the last couple of seasons. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it, the fact that you those guys are, it's hard to quantify their their value unless you kind of, you know, you hope the eye test looks it up. And some of these guys, sometimes you don't even, until it's pointed out, you don't even really see their worth. But. Yeah, Pellick was one of the best defenders in the in the league last year, and he gets locked up at a sweetheart deal. Meanwhile, uh, Darnell Nurse, who was nowhere near as good as you know Makar or Fox or Pellick, gets locked up at that number. So, yeah, it's uh it's a head it's a head scratcher. And I mean, you know, I, I I guess that's the hope. And granted, even like like the Miro Haskinen contract is eight four. He that's kind of was hope that he could eventually be because he's been good. You know, and you can argue that he had that real, real good uh, rookie playoff for Dallas, but I don't think he's hit that that stratosphere yet. But he's he's close. He's definitely one of the best, you know, defensemen or getting in the conversation of being one of the best twenty defensemen in the league. So, 
you hope he can get there. But yeah, that's a smart gamble, I think. That's the type of guy you gamble on. Meanwhile, the Rangers paid Truba $8 million just to come here. It was like big, you know, right-handed uh, shot defenseman with Snarl, and that was kind of the going rate. Is he overpaid? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, can he ever become worthy of $8 million? I don't know if his role now with Adam Fox on this team makes him commiserate of an $8 million player. But I think if he does things well enough, I mean, he can at least have the value of a $5.5 to $6 million player, which would only make him overpaid by two mil. But like, again, we always talk about, uh, you know, uh, death by a thousand cuts. So those numbers start adding up if you have enough of those contracts where you're slightly overpaying guys. What, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's hard to I it, I look at the GMs around the league. It's kind of hard to see how they value. I think they all just kind of had different takeaways from Tampa winning two cups back to back. And some of them thought it was find your biggest, nastiest defenseman and give him money, whether or not he's a, worth it, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, what? I was going to make the point that the Truba contract is a slightly easier to bear um, now that all this money is getting thrown around for NHL defensemen. So, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, Fox and Truba, you know, I, I think they bring different elements. So I'm, I'm not I'm not totally uh, I'm not totally selling Truba off this team right away. I, I, I still think he can bring an element to this game, especially in the playoffs. And I really would like to see him and the Rangers, especially this year and over the next couple of years, what he's able to bring in the playoffs. If he brings that physical game. I know we've mentioned it before. When he's engaged, he really does become one of our better defensemen. Uh, and he just, you know, you can feel his presence out there. So I'm not ready to write him off. I'd like to see what he does. But now, you know, we're going to have two defensemen making in the high teens. And, you know, that concerns me a little bit, especially because the two defensemen aren't, you know, it's not like Adam Fox, who is a, a, you know, a one. And then we have a one B, you know, it's really, you know, Truba. Oh, man, like you said, overpaid now probably by a couple million. So, uh, yeah, head scratcher for me, Andy. I kind of you you did make me feel a little bit better. Um, now I'm thinking Fox will probably just make nine the same as Makar. So I thank you for that for taking uh, that pressure off of me. Uh, but then I want to move into goaltending because I was listening to uh, XM NHL Network. Uh, it was a great little segment, you know, talking about. Sa- you know salaries and especially salaries for goalies right and and how important goalies are and you know how it's sometimes voodoo to overpay for goalies but you know if, if you get a, a goalie like you know Carey Price who's making over 10 million Bobrovsky's making 10 million obviously you know he, he hasn't been what he was supposed to be in in Florida but certainly was a great goaltender in Columbus uh Vasilevsky winning two cups making over 9 million uh and you know if you look at the higher paid goaltending in this league um, you know, two of the three don't have cups, but you know, you can't really always base everything off of that. Cause you know, a lot of the times, you know, these good goaltending, they just don't have the correct team in front of them. So, um, you know, it just, for me, looking at our goaltending situation, we have two solid goaltenders, right? And if they're making in the $6 million range, or I should say Igor, if he's making in the $6 million range and we can lock them up for term. That's a great contract, you know, for for us, especially going into the years of which we should be con- cup contending and you know making deep runs into the playoffs. And you know we don't have that nine million dollar goaltender, but you know six million dollars is perfectly fine for a starter who's going to be playing hopefully sixty minutes a game, not any anything less. It means you're pulling the goalie and losing the game. But 
you know where I'm going with this, Andy. It's like, you know, people are bitching about what, you know, Igor hasn't done yet, but it's like, do you know how valuable that contract will be if he's a premier goaltender in this league and we have for $6 million and, you know, we're, we're fighting for uh, deep, you know, the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs and hopefully fighting for a Stanley cup. I mean, that would be huge. Yeah. And obviously even at the time having Lundqvist locked up for the amount of money they had him locked up with, what you know, obviously it's as the salary cap has gone up, even with it being static these days, it doesn't seem as severe, but in terms of total percentage of your cap and he was one of their highest paid players. It, yeah. I think it does. It did maybe handcuff uh, the Rangers a little bit in terms of acquiring pieces that they may covet or want or pay, you know, being able to allure some guys over. So especially considering what a attractive destination New York can be otherwise. So yeah, he's definitely worth gambling on and you want to get it soon done sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, I mean, in terms of in, the injuries he's had so far, I mean, it's really what it was a freak a car accident. So you can't really, you know, that's really it. But um, yeah, I mean, he also had maybe that that slight thing with his uh, his groin, but it, this last season it didn't really show like it affected him going forward. So yeah, he's this is the type of gamble that I think it's smart for the team to take. Just try to get it done early and say, listen, you know, before he can, because if he has one more, let's say the Rangers do make it to the postseason uh, this coming season, just they have a new coach. The kids are a bit older. They got some bottom six depth, and then they make it. And Igor has a good season. Now it's like he's got two, you know, two and a half solid NHL seasons under his belt. And yeah, it's just going to be that number is going to go up. So he's worth the gamble on. And if it doesn't work out, it stinks. But he is a yeah, he's as solid as a bet of any to to bet on. So yeah, it's just those are the type of asset moves that definitely make sense, especially with it seems like the Rangers are in the habit of kind of overpaying for what they want or covet right now and you have to take the good with the bad so you know i mean it it might hurt to overpay a barkley goodrow but if you can lock up a ryan lindegren at a good number which it seems like they have as long as they pair him with adam fox and uh you would lot you gamble on igor and he proves to be the goaltender he just has been to date then yeah those move those help kind of offset the fact that you might be paying overpaying truba by you know a couple million dollars you know so yeah, it's important. You have to be shrewd when you can, and some. But that's the thing. I think a lot of fans also realize that sometimes it's like if you want the, if you want a player, it's kind of it's whoever someone else is going to overpay. So if you want them, sometimes it can work out. But you're going to have to be the one who said, "All right, we'll give you what you want." You know. So, uh, yeah. So obviously, Igor is definitely worthy of this gamble, and uh, you just hope that the Rangers do a good job at identifying more players who are worthy of taking these gambles on as they come up through their system. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a position where I know you said it before, you don't think about it until you have to think about it. And, and it's never a problem until it is a problem. So I, I think Igor is going to be here for a long time and I'm happy to have him. And, you know, as long as that, that price is right around the $6 million range, I think it's well worth it. I think that's almost a steal for the New York Rangers. Um, Another thing I want to talk about, and I feel like it's inevitable that we're going to be talking about this almost every single podcast until something surfaces, but the roller coaster ride that is uh, Jack Eichel is, it, it just nonstop. It, it's every single week. I thought we were going to go through a quiet week where I wasn't going to hear much about Jack Eichel, but then there's tweets coming where it's like, I want out. 
they're verified, it's unverified, they're hacked, it's unhacked, it's, you know, it's coming from Jack himself. Obviously, there's a bunch of tweets, you know, the tweet that he that said that he wants to come out, but then if you look underneath it, he's like, oh, his agent said, it, you know, it wasn't him, but then another tweet comes out saying it is him. I know that was, a, I just butchered explaining that, but, you know, again, Jack Eichel, where is he going to go, Andy? And why is now Chris Drury telling people that the Rangers were never really interested in, in him? When clearly that's obviously not the case. Like no, they were listen, interested. Every team I mean, would be interested. This, you know, whenever there is a player of this ilk, this, I think it's one of those things that you have GMs always play coy and people do digging and sometimes it's they actually find something and sometimes they just throw mud at the wall and it's it's kind of up to them to to douse the flames a bit because perception can drive up offers from the other side or your other competitors listen every team is interested in jack eichel for the right price right let's not right obviously there's teams that can't make it work salary wise but there are there are at least a handful of teams that can make it work salary wise or even could do something creative to get the salary they need so uh but at the same time if they want the offer to come down it can't you don't want it out there that you are extremely interested or extremely vested so yeah i mean that's what i kind of got out of you know valiquette i don't know i don't know valiquette's just bored and having fun in terms of tweeting that he feels like he heard someone told him was like or oh, someone's like oh i heard i you know i was cleaning the waste bin at the msg training center and i overheard uh chris drury on the phone with kevin adams or something you know he slips to the janitor a five dollar bill runs to his Twitter or whatever and tweets that. And then you don't know if the Rangers front office goes, Larry, you know, it's time for the, it's time for the puppet to start squawking. You know what I mean? Or just to throw some cold water on this, you know, just, and it's hard to tell because sometimes it's nothing. And he truly is. Cause I do think like, I could totally see Chris Drury just being like, ah, you know, like he's not really a realistic plan for us and hoping that it gets back to Kevin Adams. That he's like, oh, I might have to make it a little bit more attractive for them. Uh, I have another question. We, yeah, yeah, what's up? Well, it, I'm just, not to interject here, but I kind of, and I don't know if I'm, if I, this is even going to sound like a real question, but are, are, is there like, is there a hockey Twitter for other teams that are like, you know, this is happening with, with other teams? Like, is this happening with the Ducks or LA or Vegas? Like, is are these like, or is this just like a New York Rangers problem? No, it's everyone. When, okay, it's when everyone. the Rangers were, were, were out and there was a lot of Minnesota Twitter was, was alight with Eichel rumors. And then remember there was a, that little bit where Vegas Twitter was alight with the rumors, you know, right. but then they've all one by one. Oh, you know, it's too much. They've moved on or they did this instead or whatever. So it's everyone. It's cyclical. It depends on, especially if you have to like throw water on it to get the price to come down. And then the next team kind of steps up to the plate and, uh, yeah, a lot of it depends because we know that Buffalo probably would prefer not to trade Eichel in conference. Definitely not in their division, but within the conference, they probably would prefer to send him out west. But at the same time, it's like if if you do know that if it comes out or somehow leaks out, Larry Brooks goes, especially let's say Eichel does get traded to the Kings or something, and it's the return is whatever. It's like they trade. You know, Kaliev, uh, a first, Adrian Kempe, and someone else. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't matter. And then it's like, okay, they got a pretty okay package for 
or it's like not a great package for Eichel like everyone thought, but it's a package nonetheless. And then it turns out, well, the Rangers uh, beat, you know, beat Larry Brooks tweets out, t- <laughs> tweets out, you know, BT dubs, uh, Chris Drury's offer for Jack Eichel was Philip Heedle, uh, Zach Jones, and uh, Georgiev in a first. And Buffalo fans are like, well, that's actually kind of more attractive than what, uh, you know, <laughs> what what we got from L.A. And then all of a sudden there's some heat on the front office. So at the end of the day, is, is it really worth it to not have to see Jack Eichel's face that, you know, only see him twice a year as opposed to potentially four times a year um, to, to, you know, take lesser assets? So that's the bigger thing. Because even if the Rangers not diving into a Lafreniere or a Kako, you know, whatever. Maybe they do finally say, you know what? There's a Kravtsov, uh, Jones, a first, and Georgiev or whatever. You know? So, I don't know. They probably would prefer Heedle over Kravtsov. But, um, so yeah, it's just, it. it's kind of one of those things where Optics are important, so and it's important even before the deal is made. Hence, why there's so much smoke and then dousing water on things and people, and then you have the Jack Eichel account, and someone's like, "This is not his real account," and then Jack Eichel's like, "Well, yeah, I, I being Jack Eichel, can confirm this is my actual account." LOL, you know that type of stuff. It's uh, yeah, but it's listen, it's clear the Eichel situation is clearly messy. They had the whole thing with the statement that Buff, like you know, Kevin Adams says we're in control and we would love to see Jack at training camp, and then he comes out and say you're fucking this up, and I need to get the surgery now, and you're this is this I was under the understanding you were going to trade me, uh, and then they have the coordinated media blast where his uh, potential surgeon who wants to do the, the the disc replacement goes on the 31 thoughts podcast with the statement at the same time. And the longer it goes on, I think, you know, it, you have to wonder, does Kevin Adams hold as many cards as he thinks he does? It's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's, well, Andy, longer I got this some breaking on, news here. I got some breaking news here. I just, hear it. oh, shit. I mean, it's not really, it, it's more conspiracy theory, but it's actually true. Uh, I just received a text of a tweet by, uh, it's to O A O Ryan Mead. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, about Heedle and, and yeah, yeah not being on the they I think they already cleared that up that it has something to do with uh central registry. So I think there was much much ado about nothing. About uh, that. All right, all right. Because I almost had a hard But that's the thing. Obviously now we're seeing uh you know, we're seeing shadows in every corner with, with an Eichel trade around the corner. Uh potentially. Because listen, I mean as adamant as we've been that we don't want Jack Eichel, he's going to be a Ranger. We know this. I I know this already. I know. Like obviously, are you, are you we're just to saying preach. it? Are you saying it like to reverse psychology? No, I'm saying it because okay. I'm resigned to the fact that even though what I want doesn't ultimately matter, and that I do feel like at the end of the day, the Rangers will even one of their worst packages will be maybe more attractive some other teams because you have to be able to fit his cap hit. Uh, you know, I, I do wonder, I guess that the, it comes down to, I do wonder is, because listen, if it was just a matter of the surgery, I think it would have been a lot easier to move him. But I do think there's other teams that are not on board with what he wants to do or doesn't want to incur the same risk that Buffalo does. You know what I mean? They would say the same thing. It's like, well, yeah, I, yeah, no. it, yeah, it's it, it's very strange that. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, it's very strange that, yeah, because you would imagine 
with that, I, after listening to that interview with the doctor on 31 Thoughts, that it, it's just, even though this is kind of unprecedented, it's never been done on a NHL hockey player. It has been done on UFC uh, athletes and other athletes and other sports with good success. And if anything, there the the argument is a if you get a disc replacement, if because if you get a fusion, you can come back. You'll pr- most likely high rate of coming back. But they're f- basically fusing, you know, some uh, some of the vertebra in your neck together. So you have the stability that was being impacted or the nerve pinching. But at the same time, it affects your range of movement in your neck. You can't turn your head the same way with the same way you could the rotation went into slap shots and one timers and things is different it kind of impedes you a little bit but you can come back so it kind of hurts your performance a little bit whereas this won't because they're just replacing the existing disc with something it's a little bit more invasive because instead of just a simple fusion to take off pressure you have to literally take out an old disc and put a new one in but should it work uh you will have that same the same range you had before and the other good thing is that when you get a fusion that fusion it it over time puts pressure on the other vertebra of your neck. So you're going to have to go in and get another surgery like 10 years down the line or potentially even sooner if it takes more impacts. Hence why Eichel's like, I don't want to get another, get the surgery. I only have to get my neck done again in 10 years and then just slowly be someone who can't move their head. Like, screw that. You know, I want to do this. It's, it sounds radical, but it's been done in other things with good, good success. It's just not, hasn't been on the NHL yet. No one wants to be the first, you know, go figure. No, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I, and I know we bring up Jack Eichel every single podcast, but this would be, you know, one of the biggest moves in, you know, Rangers, you know, history, I, I would imagine the assets that get moved and, and for Eichel to come in here, it's, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. So we will be talking about this every single podcast, because every single podcast in between, there's tweets and breaking news and, and comments and just with Larry Brooks, you know, just, I don't know, if it's clickbait, but I fall for it every single time. And I just fell for a text live on the podcast and you're dismissing it. So that's good. Um, you know, it, it, it's an emotional roller coaster, Andy. And, you know, this season was bad enough. And now the off season, geez, and the Rangers being kind of in the center of it with, you know, the biggest, you know, uh, I guess asset to be moved this off season would be Jack Eichel and the Rangers right in the middle of it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's taken an emotional toll on me. Uh, as you can tell, um, let's see. Do we have anything else really to discuss with the Rangers? Uh, you know, yeah, obviously the Chris Drury thing, saying he's not. You know, they're really never interested in Jack Eichel. You're crazy. You're a GM. You got to be in the mix, right? You got to make a phone call and just you know inquire about you know what it what it would cost, right? And you know, I feel like you're doing your due. He's doing his DD due diligence. You know, by uh, being in contact with Buffalo and obviously with Drury's history in Buffalo, uh, you know that he's, I'm sure, um, you know, in, in close contact with them. Yeah. And, and also, this is not to say that to also GMs will call and make offers on players they have no intention of wanting to drive up the cost for their fellow GMs. Yeah. Like, because every now and then you'll hear like, here are the three teams in on whatever Vladimir Tarasenko and it's like oh the Devils are in the the Islanders are in and it's like and the Rangers are in on them that's weird the Rangers already have just got rid of one of their Russian wingers because they couldn't pay them enough so sometimes it's just gamesmanship and it's like yeah we're interested and it has to go there's a kind of like a a race for then it'll get reported it's like oh there's a three-team race so like it, it kind of pressures teams to up their offers and then, you know, meanwhile, whichever team is like, I was never going to really pay. Because even if they're like, all right, we want to go with your offers. Like, ah, we, we changed our mind. Yeah. You know, 
sorry. It's like, you know what? Our, our cap structure changed. I'm being nickel and dime by this player. So money cap, I thought I was going to be able to use. I, I can't use and it sucks. So sorry, whatever, you know, uh, Kevin, Ke- who's, who's, who's St. Louis is Rutherford, Jim Rutherford, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, uh, not Rutherford. What's this? Week? What doesn't matter, but it's just, yeah, there's gamesmanship on that way too. So, I mean, like I said, every GM has probably at least spoken to Kevin Adams. Hell, some GMs might say, listen, we're not trading for Jack, but it's like, I sympathize with you, you know, even trying to make good graces for future deals, especially if they're like, yeah, when, uh, if Yarmo Kekalina is like, yeah, I had, <laughs> you know, Panarin wanted out and, whatever rick nash wanted out and this is how i dealt with it oh by the way uh, uh i know i said i didn't want jack but i wonder what it would take you know it would take to get a um you know well before he got traded it's like sam reinhardt you know that type of shit happens a lot too so yeah uh doug yeah, armstrong yeah is, uh, i'm sure doug armstrong yes and i'm sure there's like a giant gm slack that they're like they talk to each other in or something there has to be but yeah oh man imagine i'd pay access for that again way to make money anyway. oh my goodness i would i was think because like it's like it's subscribing to a patreon it's like not even to participate in obviously but just to have a feed uh, or to act to be able to check what goes on in the, the the text chain or the slack of gms i would pay an exorbitant amount of money even if it's like a month later you know what i mean where the yeah. news and what they're talking about is irrelevant just yeah hear them talk and just go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, and then the, the live video, even the Rangers this year being in the war room, or two years ago when they were drafting like Braden Schneider, um, you know, just like watching them like, yeah. like on the phone call. Wheel and deal. Yeah, a- absolutely. No, it's, it's very, fascinating. Oh, yeah. And I, that's why I love the teams that really commit to that, especially after the fact. It's like we already did it. So we'll show them talking about this player, that player, you know, in, in terms of leading up to the draft and. I think that's what I'm going to miss because as the Rangers now get into competitive mode, you don't have as much like the team building aspect is still there through free agency, but for the most part, they're not going to be dealing with so many draft picks and potential possibilities. So yeah, that you kind of lose that, but that's why it's always cool when you get the behind the scenes look of like, we got to jump up and take this guy because they have Intel. And that's kind of what happened with the Rangers with why they took Othman is that, or you know, because I, I, you could tell all of a sudden the Rangers get leapfrogged by Detroit, and they they pick uh, Sebastian Costa, the goalie. I don't know how to. How, it's it's pretty clear that means the Rangers were going to take the goalie. They were going to take Costa before uh, Detroit jumped them, and so they said, "All right, who's next on our list?" It's Othman, and they took Othman, right? So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to see that stuff, especially in hindsight. It really does help fill in some of the context for what's going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, for me, I, I like when the team's already built. Like, I'm an X's and O's guy. I like now putting together my line. Uh, I don't, you know, the draft is too hit or miss for me. And uh, I know that's your thing. And I love it because I learn actually a lot about it. And I've gotten more into it since, you know, I've met you. But I am, I am, uh, you know, I am ready for the next phase. I'm done with the prospects and, you know, trying to win lotteries. The, move up in the draft. So, uh, you know, I'm just ready to be competitive and go for a Stanley Cup. Speaking of Stanley Cup, there's a team out there, Andy, that I don't know why, but everyone is like, like, I don't know if it's my perception and it's just annoying me, so I'm taking it to the next level. But why is everyone obsessed with the Chicago Blackhawks? And like now that Fleury is going to lead them to the Stanley Cup final, like, I'm just very confused on why everyone is in just love with the Chicago Blackhawks. 
I yeah, I didn't get that either. And I, I mean, there was pushback because like a a uh, I think it was a, some beat writer from from somewhere in, in Canada said, "Oh man, wow, it's like uh, now that they've got Flurry who just won the Vesna. Granted, he just won the Vesna, which is you know he might still have some juice left in the tank." But it's like, oh, they got uh, Seth Jones and Flurry, and they're getting Jonathan Taze back. It's like they're going to be like a contender for the Stanley Cup. I'm like, no, they might be a, a team that gets in and but gets bounced in the first round or second round. Yeah, maybe. I can see them making the playoffs. They could probably make the playoffs, especially if you know if I'm looking at. Uh, I mean, Pat Kane just doesn't slow down, so you know, he yeah. always, he you know he's always going to be able to carry you and get you wins. But you know, I just feel like I don't know. I, I, Having Kirby Doc healthy is a bigger asset than yes. what you did all offseason. No, exactly. So, yeah, they could listen. They could definitely surprise. But I think they've had some good players that could produce in some sense. But uh, at the same time, though, it's yeah, I mean, they. It's yeah, it's like they have what's killed the, the, the Blackhawks. And remember, the Blackhawks made the the they made it into the bubble, right? They were in the bubble and they won. They beat the Oilers and to get and they made the second round, right? But then they or technically they made the qualif they won their qualifying matchup and then they lost in the first round. Right. So and I mean, obviously it helps that they're in the Coyotes are terrible in their division. Uh but I'm I think Dallas rebounds in a big way next year. Mini is kind of a will they won't they? I think St. Louis definitely got better, but at the same time it's you know, the Jets are kind of the same. Order. Nashville is kind of still in flux. So, yeah, they could sneak in, especially because if there's wild card spots, a bunch of teams in the Pacific stink. The Ducks are rebuilding. Uh, the Sharks are still kind of rebuilding. Seattle probably won't be all that good. Canucks are worse. So, obviously, Vegas, Edmonton will be better. But who knows with, you know, uh, Calgary, again, outside of getting Blake Coleman, failed to do much of anything again. So, they're slowly rotting. And so, who, you know, they could definitely get in. But. At the same time, it's like getting in is, are they just delaying the inevitable? It's like almost if they just rip the Band-Aid off. And that's, I think, the thing that freed the Rangers is that ultimately it was a failing experiment. Like if they had won a cup, you know, I don't know. It's harder to move on from McDonough if he was a big part in them winning the Stanley Cup. Or, you know, it helped that A, they had no superstars. They eventually moved on from Lundquist, too. Uh, yes, his age was what it was, but if they won a cup with Lundqvist and uh, they might be in Brent, you know, Seabrook or they finally moved Duncan Keith on only because Duncan Keith said, I want to be closer to my son uh, up in Canada. So yeah, loyalty is a strange thing, right? So um, yeah, it kind of, like you said, yes. Are the Blackhawks better now? Probably, but do they still have depth issues? Yeah. Do they still, is Patrick Kane, even though he can produce, points does he play defense no uh do we know what jonathan Taze is how well he's gonna play no is to good yes is he a game-breaking player no is how will kirby doc look coming off from his injury probably good but is he gonna be ready to be a top flight first line player number one center off the bat i don't know <laughs> so a lot of questions you know are they gonna ship dylan strom off at some point like yeah they have a lot still have a lot of questions and a lot of pro- problems with their depth and seth jones again has not been very good. So maybe he bounces back, bounces back a little bit, but he's had a couple or two rough seasons back to back. So we'll see. Yeah. I just, I don't know. There, there, there's a part of me, I'm going to make this bold claim, but I think Chicago is going to stink next year. People are mm-hmm. just too much in love with them. And I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, Dallas stars too. You, 
I know you said Dallas Stars is going to have a bounce back year. I just don't buy the Dallas Stars like roster. I, I don't know what it is. I, you know, just you know that the weird coaching change. Their player, their star players have to be constantly called out. Uh, you know, I know they brought Pavelski in, and and he's you know probably a great locker room guy. There's just something about that team that doesn't. I don't feel a Stanley Cup at all. Like I, I feel like they're going to have a couple runs in the first and second round of the playoffs, and that'll be it. Like that's their pinnacle. So, uh, and their division is way too hard. You're not going to be Colorado. Uh, you know, St. Louis, although they're another year older, I think they're one of those teams that uh, they're still on that cusp, right? They're just, you know, their defensemen are a little old. You know, I don't really believe in Justin Falk and stuff like that. So, um, tough division, but ultimately, if you're going up against Colorado, you're never really going to truly win a Stanley Cup. Uh, okay, Andy, I, that, I mean, that's pretty much, that's all I have. I mean, we covered a lot. I mean, I mainly was concerned about, you know, the cap space. I know they announced something where the cap is going to go up another million dollars. Obviously every little bit helps, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, that's all I have. I mean, you address my concerns. This is like a little therapy session for me every <laughs> week during the off season. Uh, just because the, uh, the, the amount of news and rumors and, and just between, you know, Twitter and I fall for all the all the fake news out there in the hockey world. So and, uh, it, you know, I flirt with all the uh, conspiracy theories that are taking heat all off the NHL dot com roster for the New York Rangers. So that means he's involved in a trade for Philip uh, for Jack Eichel. So, uh, Andy, you have anything else? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I, the only other thing really relevant to talk about, or at least and it's it's relevant is a relative term but um the rangers qualify offers for tyroning adam huska and uh, tim gettinger who have been uh, pretty good for the rangers in for the heart for wolf pack uh again do is there any future for those players on the rangers eventually i don't know ronning was had a, a nice bounce back year after just not getting off to a good start uh, in the AHL, but he's kind of found his footing last year, which I'm happy for him. He, the kid is clearly works hard is a good kid. Uh, you know, Huska is, you know, kind of is what he is. He's like an okay goalie prospect, but has, you know, had a slow, but steady getting better and better. He's on a slower path, but, and, you know, and get your, I liked him when this cup of coffees with the Rangers. I mean, for a player his size, he can be effective. He's never going to be anything more than a fourth line player, but that doesn't mean he can't eventually make the Rangers one day. Uh, so yeah, just happy to, happy for those three. Um, other than that, I mean, we're recording this on a Saturday, so everyone knows obviously something big's going to go down tomorrow on Sunday between now and when this episode drops, <laughs> the second we sign off. But such is life. Uh, if we, you know, if something does big go big does go down, we will, I guess, have to record a little pickup bumper and insert in this episode somewhere but uh no the off season far from over but there's 60 some odd days until the nhl season starts up again uh i do want wonder how much the the heat's gonna the stove's gonna get turned up on the eichel situation i i do wonder if it's one of those things we're now out of spite or just out of kevin adams feels like he almost has to try to freeze and make team sweat or Eichel sweat but the more you do that the closer you get for to his no movement clause kicking in which really will bone them in the long run so uh we'll see well so one way or another the like I said the, the heat in the stove is going to get turned up but it just who's going to have their hand on the burner uh, I guess that's the, the main question but um 
we'll see. And uh, who knows? Maybe it will involve uh, Filipino and Georgiev. But uh, I don't know. Still a lot of unanswered questions. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.